are listening to All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm your host for the week, Trisha Brown, and this is episode number 432.5. There feels like, to me at least, a lot happening in the world. Um, Where I live, fall is falling. For some of you, spring is springing. Um, Here in the U.S., labor movements are all over the news. Uh, Also, Taylor Swift might be dating an NFL player. And as I record this, the U.S. government is looking like it stays away from a shutdown. So a lot is happening. Also, if you're listening to this after September of 2023, I hope all of that stuff worked out. Oh, and as a fun aside, Travis Kelsey, who is the Kansas City football player showing up in the news with Taylor Swift, was actually the inspiration behind a 2019 book, or at least a character in the book, called Fumbled by Alexa Martin. You might want to check it out. It's up to you. But that is not the book we're here to talk about today. This week, I thought it might be fun to blend a little of the paranormal with the deeply relatable. So in a minute, we're going to talk about a couple of books that blend the fantasy and power of magic with the complex reality of dealing with family. Be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Greenleaf Book Group. No summer vacation should be without a great read. And I don't know about you, but I am partial to mysteries and thrillers for my hot month reads. It's hot girl reading summer always over here. And from the award-winning librettist of Legally Blonde, the musical and the screenwriter of Freaky Friday, Heather Hawk, comes the page-turning psychological thriller, The Trouble with Drowning. So when author Eden Hart floats into Tucson's Antigone books and all her dazzling perfection to give a reading, Kat, a struggling writer, can't help but compare herself. Thankfully, Kat's life starts to take on its own Eden-like glow when her literary future takes shape and she falls madly in love with Jacob. As demons from her past begin to surface, Kat's mental health craters and this halcyon dream slips through her fingers. For the fastest-paced slow burn you won't be able to put down, be sure to check out The Trouble with Drowning by Heather Hawk on Amazon or your retailer of choice. And thanks again to Greenleaf Book Group for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Entangled Publishing's Red Tower Books, publisher of the smash hit Fourth Wing. You'll only cross these blades once in a page-turning new tale of revenge strategy and so many lies. Best-selling Red Tower Books is releasing its next year's will read that will capture your imagination and keep you guessing until the end. May Corlin's Five Broken Blades tells an intricate high-stakes tale of five total strangers united in a plot that will test their strength, wits, and courage. Each has their reasons, all have secrets. But while it's easy to portray a stranger, it's not so simple to stab a friend or a lover, okay, in the back. Now these five blades must choose between vengeance and one another. Pick up five broken blades by Mae Corlin for a thrilling, adventurous tale filled with risk, romance, adventure, and oh, so many lies. The relationships in it are complex and nuanced and involve everything from friends to enemies found in biological family and lovers and more. Thanks again to Entangled Publishing's Red Tower Books, publishers of the smash hit Fourth Wing for sponsoring this episode. Okay, quick thing before we jump back in, as you have almost certainly heard before, Book Riot's editorial team is writing for casual and power readers alike over at the Deep Dive. Find weekly stories that inform and inspire readers drawn from our collective experience as power readers, teachers, librarians, booksellers, and bookish professionals. 
Recent stories for free subscribers have included a brief history of chain letters, a BTS look at being Book Riot's managing editor, and the anatomy of an Obama summer reading list. Quick note, I'm like 99, 95% sure that BTS in this context is behind the scenes and has nothing to do with K-pop. I certainly could be wrong. Who knows? Maybe look into it and find out. Paid subscribers also get access to exclusive content, including a mega list of books that our readers think you should add to your TBR, and access to community features, including the ability to comment. Make your voice heard. During the month of September, so as you're listening to this, you have like a day, day and a half, all new free subscribers will be entered to win Parable of the Sower by Octavia Butler, plus five mystery books. Again, pretty sure that's surprise books and not like mystery mystery books. Maybe it's both. We don't know. Over from the deep dive, all you have to do to win those books is simply start a free subscription to the deep dive. No payment method required. And thank heavens for that. To enter, go to bookriot.substack.com. That's bookriot.substack.com. Again, no purchases necessary to enter. You can keep your credit card information to yourself. Okay, back to magic and families and, you know, magical families. First up, It's a book that you may have heard of because it got a pretty high-profile adaptation in the late 90s. So I guess this would depend a little bit on how old you are. Um, But that book is Practical Magic by Alice Hoffman. I will say as a quick note, I have not watched the movie. It had Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman in it, if that rings a bell, for, again, any of you millennials, maybe elder millennials, younger, Gen X. Anyway, I recently rewatched the trailer to the movie. And based on some of the plot points that they talk about in the trailer, I feel confident that there is at least some major discrepancy uh, between the two. So the film might very much be worth watching, but I would argue it is not a substitute for the book. So let's talk about the book. Practical Magic is about multiple generations of sisters with various degrees of magical ability and various feeling about that ability and how it is impacting their lives. At the center of the story are Sally and her younger sister, Jillian, who were raised by their aunts after their parents died. The aunts, as they are referred to uh, through most of the book, they actually don't get names until like the final act. They are known in their community for their knowledge of magic and spells, which makes them a wonderful community resource in a lot of ways, but it also makes the whole family outcasts. This is really hard on the girls. Jillian leaves young to get briefly married for the first of several times. Sally finds love and starts to build a life and family for herself, but deals with a very serious change. And then once she sees that the family's magical reputation has started to impact her daughters, she takes them to live in New York, where things are fairly peaceful until Jillian shows up on Sally's doorstep with a pretty major problem. So one of the things I will say I would, I feel like it would make this book very hard to adapt to film. And maybe the adaptation is great. Again, I don't know. But I think it would be difficult because of the way that the style of writing plays a huge role in the way that the story is told. So first of all, it is in third person present tense, which some of you may know is normally a thing that I absolutely cannot handle. It is why I've tried to read Red, White, and Royal Blue half a dozen times and just can't do it. I can't deal with it. But for some reason, it worked for me in this book. And I think it's because there's a lot of narrative text in this one and not as much dialogue as we sometimes see in fiction. I don't know why that works differently for my brain, but for some reason it does. 
I will say the point of view also bounces around among the characters. It's mostly focused on Sally initially, and then you get more of Sally's daughters and then of Jillian, and eventually, again, the ants come into the mix. And the narrative meanders, I can't think of a better word than meanders, a bit in a way that feels genuine. And by that, I mean, there are tangents and then tangents of tangents that feel like the way that any of us realistically actually think about things or the way I was on a, you know, virtual chat with a couple of my best friends the other day. And that's the way that we talk to each other. Any story has a tangent on top of a tangent on top of a tangent. So when I say meandering, I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that this is a book that will not be rushed, even when the stakes feel very, very high the pace feels the same during, you know, the high stakes moment as it does when they're describing the heat of a summer day. I also really love the way that this book, which is truly about three generations of sisters, is about how sometimes in family, you love people that you don't especially like, or at least don't especially like all the time. And as much, you know, as Sally appreciates the way that the ants cared for her. For example, she feels like they had a negative impact on the way that she grew up. And she's really frustrated when Jillian brings a problem, literally, to her and her family's front door. But on the other hand, the ants cared for Sally's kids when she couldn't. And Jillian called her every week during the worst year of her life. And sometimes at the end of the day, all of these people are family and family takes care of each other. And sometimes, like in this case... It involves magic or dead doves. Maybe that's true for you. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I'm not judging. Anyway, families are complicated in this book and also in our next one. So sticking with magic, but going with a shorter and I would say probably a little bit lighter of a book. Let's talk for a minute about What the Hex by Alexis Daria. This one is a novella that originally came out as an Audible exclusive, but was recently published well, recently to me anyway, as an ebook. That is at least better for me. Fiction on audio doesn't tend to work for me. I think I've talked about that before. I think I've also talked about how much I appreciate a novella that is well done. Many of them are not, but this one is. Um, it's set over the course of a wedding weekend. I think a limited amount of time really helps keep a novella contained. Um, so again, I think this one really works. The story is that Catalina is returning to her home. It is an island for her sister's wedding. She's the maid of honor. And she finds that the groom is, you know, possessed by a demon. I will acknowledge that some aspects of this book may not be quite as relatable as some others, even including practical magic. Anyway, the groom possessing demon has cast a spell on both families. So it's not just a groom problem. It's like a bigger problem. And it seems that the only other person who isn't under the spell is Kat's childhood nemesis, who is also the best man, that is Diego. So they have to work together. Kat is also dealing with the fact that she's lost a lot of her magic, most of her magic, in fact. And maybe the two of them kind of also have feelings for each other. Like I said, this one is a quick and fun read. But I felt like it also got into some themes about what we owe to our families and how we are and sometimes are not allowed to kind of grow out of our childhood identities and whether or not you can do that in the midst of your family or you have to leave home to do it. I don't know. I, I felt like there was a lot here, despite the fact that this is like just sort of a quick, fun, punchy sort of a book. Plus, fun, great news. If you like this book, Daria has some others. 
none of them that I know of are magical, but a couple that I really liked are You Had Me at Ola and A Lot Like Adios. But, you know, poke around in her backlist and see what you find. So, you know, I will leave it there. Uh, I will leave it there for this week for you, for your books, for your magic, for your families, for whatever you got going on. Thank you, as always, to our sponsor. And a huge thanks as well to our magical audio editor, who everything magical I do is inspired by Jen Zink. And thank you, of course, to all of you who are listening. For more Rex or general bookishness, you can check out bookriot.com. Don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen, or just search Book Riot in your podcast player of choice. You can find both of the books that I mentioned today in the show notes. They are probably right there in your podcatcher, but you can certainly find them by visiting bookriot.com slash all the books. And remember, as always, if you're a fan of all the books and all the backlist, you want to show a little love, please leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We very much appreciate your review, and it does help other book lovers find us. If you want to find me specifically, you can do that mostly on Instagram, although also now on Blue Sky at Trisha Haley Brown. Until we meet again, I hope you find the exact right amount of magic and family for you in this coming season. Uh, And please take good care of yourselves. Happy reading. Happy reading.